in today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. The Last Lap Part 2. Yeah, we had a crazy plot twist. Those NBA games last night were. You just had to see it to believe it. Giannis versus Jimmy Butler. Chris Paul versus the Rockets. Game 7 on the line. Who got the last lap? Find out next on Sports Talk from the Crib. Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. Boy, was those basketball games last night something else. You really had to watch it to believe the outcome of both those games. But first, we're going to get into the Miami Heat Bucks game two. That's going to be the first topic of today. Wow, what a finish. Miami Heat came out on top, 116-114. to 114. Jimmy Butler finished with 13.6 assists. Goran Dragic added 23 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Bam Adebayo, 15 points, 9 rebounds. And for the Bucks, Giannis, 29 points, 14 rebounds. Chris Middleton, 23 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. Brooke Lopez, 16.7 rebounds. Those are the sum of the stats, but boy, that fourth quarter, the sequences was just something else unlike anything I've ever seen in an ending of a game. You know, there was a lot of talk before the game. Giannis, why didn't you guard Jimmy Butler in game one when Jimmy Butler went off in the fourth quarter, scored 40 points for the game? 27 of them came in the second half. I mean, the Heat looked like they had the game wrapped up. I want to say it was like 113-106? And then it just seemed like everything just kind of fell apart a little bit. I mean, it was some crazy sequences. Jimmy Butler, he saved himself. I'll be honest here. Jimmy Butler saved himself because a lot of this game, he did not play that well. He only had 13 points. Seven of his points came from the foul line. Three of eight uh, on the, from the field the whole game. Now, he had a huge turnover late where they double-teamed him in the corner. He threw it back towards his own basket. Brooke Lopez stole it, laid it up and in, cut the lead. And there was this this crazy sequences. They called a foul on Goran Dragic. Miami's up three. They call a foul on Goran Dragic um, when Chris Milton shot the three. And they called a foul on him. He went straight up. Like, there was that should have been a no call, first off. But then he goes to the line, hits all three. And then, you know, game tied. 114-114 now. You know who the ball is going to go to. Final seconds. Jimmy Butler pulls up. Jump shot. Misses. Foul called with zero seconds left on the clock. Guess who the foul was on? Giannis. Ante Takumpo, the Greek freak, he decided he was going to guard Jimmy Butler. Hey, I have to guard him because you know if I don't guard him, I'm never going to hear the end of it tomorrow. 
especially if he makes this shot. Now they called a foul on him. Me personally, I would have let this one go too, but he did foul him. If you're going to call that one on Chris Middleton from three, you know, on Goran Dragic there, you've got to call this one. And that puts the referees in a bad spot because I would have personally let both of these calls go. To me, they were both bad calls. Jimmy Butler's shot was already almost at the hoop by the time, you know, Giannis fouled him. So that right there, this should never have been called, but Jimmy Butler <laughs> goes to the foul line. He didn't play very well whatsoever during this game. He played some good defense, but overall he didn't play too well. Turned the ball over a few times, and but <laughs> it goes to the foul shot. Now this is an untimed foul shot. Goes to the line. It rims in like it looked like he was about to roll off. But it rimmed in. <laughs> Sigh of relief from Miami fans. Sigh of relief from the whole Miami Heat sidelines there. And then he hits the second one. It was untimed. So, you know, the Bucks didn't have a chance to even try to inbound the ball. And then the game was over. It's only the third time in NBA history where the foul shot has ended the game in the playoffs. The thing is, we wouldn't even been in this situation in the first place because <laughs> Jimmy Butler made only one of two. It was 113-111 when he went to the line. He made one of two from the foul line to make it 114-111. That's when the whole crazy sequences just kept coming. And it was just, it was just unbelievable. But I agree with everybody. Those last two foul calls were absolutely atrocious, in my opinion. Like, it really was. And the Greek freak, man, Jimmy Butler called you... Because you know he's a defensive player of the year. He was named defensive player of the year. And Jimmy Butler called him the best guy that comes to help. The best secondary help you got in the league. And I thought that was kind of funny, you know, because Jimmy Butler's going to talk his crap. So (laughs) the best help defender in the league is now your uh, defensive there analysis for the Greek freak. He's not the number one guy. (laughs) But, you know... Hey, some key takeaways from the game. The Bucks were 7 of 25 from the three. That's only 28%. The Heat were 17 of 45. That's 37.8%. And there were so many foul shots. It seemed like every time somebody took a jumper, there was a foul call. Like, these guys were so undisciplined at times. It was pretty horrendous to see. And this watch. Because I think on threes, they've done, I think it was like six. I think it was like six calls on three-pointers where, you know, the defender ran into him or whatever. And, if I mean, even the last two plays of the game, they called it. Guys shooting away from the basket, tough shots. And you're taking the risk of fouling, and they got called. So, 71 foul shots total in this game. The Bucks made 33 out of 39. The Heat, 25 out of 32. Both teams shot in the 30s. In the 30s of foul shots. That's just completely ridiculous about both teams being so undisciplined like that. But the big takeaway here, you know, the Bucks are now down 0-2. Number one seed in the East. They are now down 0-2 to the Miami Heat. This is a big hole to climb out of. Big hole. They've never come back from an 0-2 deficit in their franchise history. 
in a seven-game series. So it looks like it could be all but over for, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks. Miami Heat could be moving on. Which kind of leads to the question that everybody's been asking this week. Where is Giannis going to end up? Is he going to stay in Milwaukee? If he loses this series to the Heat, is he going to jump ship and try to join Miami? <laughs> like, I think Miami can get to the finals this year. Will they win it? If that, that's another story. Like, there's a that Western Conference is stacked, especially when the LA teams come out of it, which I expect the Clippers. That's why I picked the Clippers versus the Heat in the NBA Finals. Now, this, I mean, wow, like, this is, what can you do? Giannis goes to Miami. I don't know that would be like a Kevin Durant, you know, join the Warriors type of thing. Because the Warriors were a 72 win team, 73 win team, you know, with without him, and he joined them. Championship already. That's not going to be like that. But my problem is, I don't want you if you can't beat me. Like, you don't go and join the enemy. Like, if you lose in the playoff series versus that team and then join them later, like, to me, that's not being a professional, like, just go get it. That tells me you don't have, you don't have that it factor. You have, like, the factor where you just want to settle and this, hey, I need help. I need some help. I need to be with a couple of all-stars, maybe an MVP caliber player. And that means you just can't hack it. A la LeBron James, who always has to have an all-star next to him. An MVP. He's got two top five guys in the league on the same team. That's not the case in Milwaukee. Nobody wants to go to Milwaukee and play. That's a small market. Even though the... It's not really mattering as much in today's NBA as it used to in the past. I mean, as a Miami Heat fan, if Giannis joined the Heat, there will be an unstoppable force, though, in the East. With Jimmy Butler and all that three-point shooting they have, Ban on the bio down low, too. Like the Miami Heat would be flat-out unstoppable. But me just thinking with that drive, with that passion, that Michael Jordan-esque like mind, I don't want you joining my team if you're soft and you can't beat me. And I get in your head and you don't finish it out, you know? That's just personally how I feel. Like, I'll be like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'd rather beat your butt. I'd rather beat you down and have that mission drive inside of me than have you come join me. So as for who got the last laugh, Jimmy Butler got the last laugh on you, Giannis. <laughs> the whole Miami Heat Nation got the last laugh on you. Sorry, bro. This is a hey, it's just not your time yet. That's all. <laughs> all right, let's get into that other wild game seven Thunder Rockets. This was another one that just made me want to pound my head with the end of game sequences. But anyways, the Rockets came out on top, 104-102. Covington, man, 21 points, 10 rebounds for the Rockets. Eric Gordon had 21 points. Russell Westbrook had 20 points, 9 rebounds. James Harden, 17 points, 9 assists. And the Thunder, Lou Dort, 30 points, 6 of 12 from 3. He was on fire there. He was playing great defense on James Harden and scoring the ball. 
So I give that kid a lot of credit, man. That he that dude was out there balling, giving it all he had. Ooh, I give him some real props. SGA, I call him 19 points. Chris Paul had a, a triple-double, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists. And the final sequence of the game, it was just... Oh my! I don't even know how to describe it. It was just so weird and awkward, and uh, what happened? There was so much scrumming for the ball. <laughs> People were missing these wide open layups, short little jump shots. Chris Paul had one in the lane where he, you know, because they had stolen the ball from Eric Gordon there at half court. Bodies were just falling everywhere. Chris Paul went up for a little jumper in the lane, missed it. It was one hundred four, one hundred three, and he and he missed that little, or excuse me. 103, 102, and then the other little sequences. <laughs> Covington made a one of two from the foul line. It was 104, 102. Thunder get the ball back, and then before they inbound the ball, they call a timeout. Then there's all controversy. One of the referees had called a timeout before they inbounded the ball. So then they call the foul on James Harden. Gallinari goes to the line after the timeout, misses the free throw. Now, this could have made it a one-score game. It could have been 104, 103 Rockets. Missed the free throw. Then they call another timeout. Then they inbound the ball. The Thunder had like three or four chances to run a set play out of bounds. And then all of a sudden, they throw the ball to Steven Adams, and he's tripping over at the three-point line. First off, why is Steven Adams even out at the three-point line to begin with? Now, the previous possession where the Thunder had a chance, James Harden actually did made a heck of a play on defense. He blocked Lou Dort's shot for three, and that's what caused all this mayhem to begin. He did that with just under three seconds left in the game, and that's when Covington went to the line, made one of two, and it started this whole fiasco, you know, with Chris Paul and the Thunder there. But James Harden did not come through besides that moment. He was horrible. Another horrible game seven by him in terms of offense. But he didn't make the defensive play tonight. So I guess we got to cut, cut him a little slack. But he finished 4 of 15 from the field with 1 of 9 from 3. He is still struggling in big moments. Every playoff series in his career, it just seems like he can't finish the games off. When it's clutch time, he can't finish. I mean, you got to give him the credit, though. They won. He didn't make that great defensive block there. But over the last five years, this is the first win they actually had in a game, clinching game. They lost the previous four years. Three times to the Warriors and once to the Spurs. So they finally won one. <laughs> and, man, I, I kind of feel for Chris Paul, too. Like, that guy played his heart out. It just seems like these guys didn't have enough gas there at the end. Because those sequences at the end, I'm going to reiterate it again. It was horrible. <laughs> I can't, I, it was horrible. Billy Donovan was trying to set up some plays. I guess it just didn't work. And there was mo- James Harden was on Stephen Adams during that play too. Like, why couldn't they just lob the ball in the paint to Stephen Adams? He could just dunk it because there was nobody in the paint. He kept trying to go out, not even trying to look for it. 
and SGA went through the lane before he kicked it out to Lou Dort for three. If he just, just lobbed the ball in there, it would have been an easy dunk. The game would have been over. You would be go. You would have had the last laugh. Chris Paul, the Thunder would have had the last laugh against the Rockets. We'd be going to the storylines today, saying Dean Tony needs to be out. Harden can't hack it. You know Westbrook is still messing up in the fourth quarter, late games too. He can't get to the rim and make a layup. But instead, we're talking about how they're going on now and facing the Lakers. Survival of the fittest. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes you just got to get a little bit lucky. Now, do they have a shot versus the Lakers? They were two. To, they won uh, the season series two to one. But LeBron and A. Davis each missed a game, so that doesn't really count, and it doesn't really matter in the in these circumstances, anyways. Because I see the Lakers can really man. Actually, this is the best matchup. If OKC would have faced the Lakers, I have a feeling that would have been a sweep. I had a feeling that would have been a sweep because I see no match. There's nobody that would be able to guard Anthony Davis all game. Steven Adams, he's real flat-footed, even though he does he does do his thing sometimes. But uh, And there's nobody on that team that can guard LeBron James. So I'm kind of glad that the Houston Rockets did move on because this is going to be the better series. It's like I'm glad the Nuggets moved on to face the Clippers. We're going to see a better series here. These are the better series. These are the series we wanted. In the Western Conference. And it's going to be another battle. But it doesn't matter. It's going to be LA versus LA in the Western Conference Finals anyways. It's going to be LA versus LA. Lakers, Clippers. That's who it's going to be. That's what the NBA gods want. That's what the NBA is probably going to try and make happen. (laughs) If there's any kind of weird circumstances going on in the games. It is... They're going to make sure that those two LA teams get to meet in the Western Conference Finals. Because I think the Rockets can make it a series. I think the Lakers can probably win in six. I give the Rockets a couple games because I think James Harden can't. Yeah, you can't trust James Harden and Russell Westbrook in a playoff series, especially if it's tight. Especially if it gets to a game six or a game seven. I don't trust them, especially with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the other side. So I see that sh- series kind of being a wash. It's going to be Lakers, Clippers, you know, in the Western Conference Finals. Unless some miracle, craziness like these la- like what happened last night in these two games. Some crazy, awkward possessions and the sequences <laughs> that just makes it, you know, different. And who the heck knows? But we all know what we want. It's going to be L.A. versus L.A. Hey, we have some football news for you guys. Leonard Fournette already found a home. And you guessed it. It was on everybody's list to happen. All the experts, everybody sitting around knows this is going to happen. It was the obvious choice. He signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal. I guess the incentives can go up to over $3.5 million if he meets certain incentives. So Leonard Fournette, he wasn't claimed off waivers by any team. But we knew the destination. I gave it Bucks Seahaw- or the Seahawks would have been a perfect fit for him. The Buccaneers needed to needed to add another running back. But boy, oh boy, give Tom Brady. I swear, man, this guy is so lucky right now. Coming down to Florida, living with the living with his wife, kids now, and just chilling with the warm weather, and he's getting all these weapons. 
to prove to New England Patriots like, hey, I can win. I can win without Bill Belichick. Tampa Bay is hosting the Super Bowl. Hopefully we're able to have fans by then. Hopefully we're able to have fans by then. But adding Leonard Fournette, number four overall pick this a few years ago. Having him there, he could be like, you know what he could be like? The LeGarrette Blunt. He could be the LeGarrette Blunt. Now, to me, Leonard Fournette is, well, is a better running back than LeGarrette Blunt was. But remember LeGarrette Blunt in that New England Patriot offense? I think Leonard Fournette is going to bring that. He had over 1,000 yards again last year. So it's not like he's a scrub or nothing. I think Leonard Fournette's going to get over a thousand yards again this year in that offense. Even with Tom Brady chucking the ball with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, and now Leonard Fournette, man. Like, come on. This offense looks prolific. Bruce Arians, Byron Leff is there on the offensive side coaching the ball. This offense just got even scarier. If you were thinking the New Orleans Saints, you better sign out of Camaro now. <laughs> you better get that contract locked up because it just got even scarier down there in the NFC South. Buccaneers may rule this. On paper, the Buccaneers are the team to beat. Will it translate to on the field success? I think so because there's. I don't see a way to stop this offense. This offense is going to be incredible. What are you going to do? You're going to put, you know, eight people in the box. Nine. Just try to stop the run. Are you going to leave Mike Evans and Chris Godwin one-on-one on the outside? You're going to leave Gronk going up the seam one-on-one? Oh, boy, oh, boy. What are you going to do? They're going to spread you out. They're going to run. Oh, my goodness. This offense is going to be scary. And the NFC South... It's not the only one scared. The whole entire NFC, this guy's scared. I don't understand why everybody's hating on Leonard Fournette. Yeah, the guy had some few off-season or, you know, off-the-field problems. He has some on-the-field problems. They were saying, you know, he was lazy last year, didn't get, you know, in shape in training camp and all this crap. But the guy's been working out nonstop, even with the restrictions right now. He was working nonstop out here in Sarasota, Dallas, Louisiana. Like he was all over the place trying to keep in shape, working out, bettering himself to come in this year rolling. And I think if you were in Jacksonville, you would have some damn problems too. It would be affecting my outside life, you know, from football. It would be affecting my personal life. It would be affecting what the heck I've got going on. It would be affecting my eating habits. It would be affecting everything. If I was a Jacksonville Jaguar, you see all the team, you see what this team has ran out. They've ran out all their pro bowlers, all their best defenders, all their best offensive guys over the course of the last couple of years. And why, like, why does Leonard Fournette need to do that? It's bad coaching, bad front office, it's bad development. The organization is a mess. They'd rather play their games in London than play in Jacksonville anyway. So I think a lot of the flack is just because he was playing for Jacksonville. That's the flack. Like, this guy hasn't been in trouble in a long time. Hadn't been in trouble all year. Hadn't been in trouble all year. I don't expect him to get in trouble either. The guy just wants to play football, wants to win. 
Now he's going to Tampa Bay where he has the best opportunity to do it, to get all the carries in the backfield, to play with the damn Hall of Fame quarterback and tight end, and probably another Hall of Fame. Mike Evans is on trend to be Hall of Fame wide receiver too. So I expect big things from Leonard Fournette. Stop giving him all that flack and making up all these rumors about the guy. The guy's a stud. He's going to come in there and ball out. And that's going to conclude the episode for today. I want to thank y'all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the crib with your host, Tanner Christian. Remember, Monday through Friday, new episodes, new content available on all streaming platforms. Be sure to check out the official website there at feeltheheatentertainment.com. That's feeltheheatent.com. As well as check out the Instagram there at feeltheheatentertainment. I want to thank y'all for joining me. I hope y'all have a blessed day. See you all tomorrow. Peace out.